Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Odd Couple podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Odd Couple at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to the best of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. Rob, you mentioned Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, and here's what you you were talking about. We know their last two games, I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They tanked, and... um, They admitted it. Jason Kidd, the head coach, said before their second-to-last game when Kyrie Irving and four other key players were out and Luka Doncic was just playing a quarter because it was I Love Slovenia night. And you know what, Chris? That's the slap in the face, like like to pacify those people. Like they they, they knew they couldn't, like, like not have them play at all. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the disgrace of it. If you're trying, what are you putting them out there for? But they knew that they sold tickets on the pretense yep. of him playing. And just, I also think, Rob, just that, I mean, it was I love Slovenia night. Why are you even having that? Because your best player right. is Slovenian. So you had to put him out there for a quarter at least. But you're right, Rob. And there's no doubt about it. That was just added more insult to injury. And um, Mark Cuban was fined $750,000 by the NBA. What they called it was conduct detrimental to the league. Rob, yeah, I first, read, let's I read start Joe here. D's quote, and that quote was spot, spot on. Did you see it, Chris? Yes. And, and I about, think that and was that, right? Here it is. The Dallas Mavericks decision, this is Joe Dumars, yep. the NBA's executive VP of basketball operations, 
the Dallas Mavericks' decision to restrict key players from fully participating in an elimination game last Friday against Chicago, here's the key phrase, Rob, undermined the integrity of our sport. Spot on. And he said he let down our fans and he let and failed our league. I mean, that that's spot on. There's no other way of looking at it. Nobody want you cannot do that, Chris, when you're uh mathematically still in, involved. I mean, we we saw said it. If you're eliminated, then I get it. No right. one's going to push back if you're eliminated, but the idea that you have players of that caliber and you're throwing in the towel, that's disgraceful. It just it, it, is. And, and some people might say, oh, that's strong. No, it's disgraceful. Period. And, and Rob, I don't want to, let's not, and I know you weren't, but just for the listeners, I don't want to gloss over this phrase, undermine the integrity of our sport. What is the difference between the NBA and the WWE? There you go. Chris, that that just the integrity of the sport, right? You're spot on because once you start finagling and and altering real competition and not a script as a WWE, you have pro wrestling. If yep. you start doing that, the integrity of the game is the most important thing. Pete Rose got banned because of that, Chris. You're a manager. You got a big bet on the game, and you're 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 managing because you you don't want to lose. Yep. I got a doubleheader tomorrow. I'm blowing out my bullpen because I'm trying to win today. Do you mess with the integrity of the game? Yes, you do. Absolutely. That is so critical. Critical. One, especially Rob, in this day and age where the leagues are in cahoots with the gambling. Right. They're all supporting it, promoting the gambling. How in the world? Can you – you can't allow this. Nope. I, Rob, I thought he should have got more than 750 That's and you, nothing and, and to you know, Mark Cuban. And you know nothing. what, Chris? How about – you're talking about the gambling aspect. Somebody on the team finds out that those guys aren't playing before – you know what I mean? Like yep. before the spread balloons oh, to, yeah. to minus to, – to, uh, um, 17 or whatever it was, right. when the spread was, you still thought they were playing and the spread was, you know, Dallas plus, Dallas minus six. Yep. And then when you find out they're not playing, it's Dallas minus 17, but you got <laughs> in on the minus yep. six. You know you know what I'm saying? Like yep. that's insider information. I yep. would call, if I was on the team and I found out they weren't playing or I knew the plan, I'd call my cousin. Make a big bet. They're Rob, not playing. You ex- Look. You you speak no lies. I mean, this is serious. It should have been at least seven figures. And I know that that wouldn't hurt Mark Cuban either. Now, I mean, some some would say, well, could they have taken a draft pick? No, I don't think anybody would suggest that draft pick, the one they protected, you know, by keeping outside of the top ten, presumably. Um, but, or keeping it in the top ten, I should say. But, um you could have taken a draft pick. Here, look, I, I would have been fine with a hefty, heftier fine. And here's what I say, Rob. Look, we're not innocent. We're not naive. We're not Pollyannish about this. We understand that there were several teams essentially tanking, for lack of a better word, this season, right? San Antonio, they knew they weren't going to be any good. Utah, 
But what they did, San Antonio just had a roster, Rob, that was bad. Right? It, the roster was bad. They went out there. They tried to win. Those guys played as hard as they could, and they simply weren't good enough. When, when Philadelphia went through the process a few years ago that, that ended up getting them Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and others, they, for lack of a – they did it the right way. If you're going to go that route, you don't tell your team to go out there and lose. You don't tell your coaches we don't want to win. You just build a bad roster. And then they go out there and they try and they're just not good enough. Utah, Rob, Utah ended up being better than they thought they would, you right? You remember early in the but season, they're playing well. They're playing great. So what did Danny Ainge do? Did he tell his coaches, what they, look, you got to stop playing so-and-so and start losing? No, he traded them. Right. At the, at the deadline, he traded guys. They're, they're, too, they're too good. They're helping us win. We're trading them. And that, look, it's a business. You're trying to position yourself to get better picks. That's how it should be done if it's going to be done. Because you're still trying to win. I mean, the players on the court are giving their best. The coaches on the bench giving their best. Rob, that game, I don't know if you remember that, Dallas-Chicago a few well, a week or so ago. Dallas looked like they could have won that game. They were up six going into the fourth quarter. They led most of the way. Right, and then they fell. It was their bench players, and then they kind of fell apart. But did they fall apart? I, I don't remember if he started taking out the guys that were playing well or whatever it was, but it looked funny. It looked funny. They were doing whatever they had to do to lose that game. Sad. They were not going to say, man, we sat Luka and Kyrie and others – and still won, that wasn't even a possibility. And that's where it undermines the integrity of the game. You had one team go out there with the intention of losing. And you got to get hit hard. You, you, right. There's no way you can allow that to happen in the league. You got to be very careful. You just said it. You become pro wrestling, Chris. If, if people start wondering what they're watching is legit – Yep. Or, or you're trying to lose or you're not putting in real effort. Like, that's the worst thing that can happen to a league. It's, it is. No doubt. No doubt. So, yeah, like I said, I thought a seven-figure fine was in order. Um, I wouldn't have, you know, been mad at the league had they taken a second-round pick or something. But it's fine that they didn't. But definitely thought the fine should have been heavier. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What do you get when you combine a three-time manager of the year and a three-time national sports writer of the year? It's the Book of Joe podcast. Hey, this is Tom Verducci from Fox Sports, MLB Network, and Sports Illustrated. And I'm Joe Madden, and we're going to be around to talk a little bit about managerial decisions, playoff games, and what may have occurred in the dugout maybe in the 1980s. I can't wait for this, Joe. We're going to dive into what goes on in the dugout and behind the scenes in Major League Baseball. Cars, wine, whatever else we want to talk about. Listen to the Book of Joe podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. 
I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know I am a a voter, an official voter for the NBA uh, regular season awards. So now do you get to vote on all the awards? Because it's not done like that in baseball. You have 
Uh, yeah, we you know, vote, they mix it around, so you vote for right. everything. See, in baseball, yep. they don't do that. They'll do two in every city, Chris, for beat writers. Oh, so like, all right. So, so there so might you be, might get half of the, so there might the be, categories. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you might only get you might only get the Cy Young vote for the American League. Do you understand right. what I'm saying? Yep. And then two other guys might get the National League in your city. Like, well, not, one I think aren't there? There's probably a lot more NBA vote. Or, or categories? Does baseball have? They got the Cy Young, the MVPs, yeah, rookie, of, rookie the year. of the year. There's a few, but they want to mix the vote around. So, yeah. but you don't vote for the whole slate like you have. Yeah, I, I feel like if I remember correct, I've been voting like 25 years or something like that. Right. I feel like there were years where you only voted for about three quarters of the award. Do you know what I mean? You know, right. That was they were yeah. mixed around. Okay, I'm yeah, just asking. But I, I'm not positive, but I feel like. That used to be the case. But definitely now um, you vote for everything. And, Rob, you know, look, people are trying to figure out reporters, who's going to be the MVP and coach of the year and obviously, you know, things like that, rookie of the year. And um, some writers are talking to other writers and getting them to share with them what they who they voted for. And they're also taking the ballots of – media members such as myself who have made their votes public. They do it for the Hall of Fame as well, Chris. When they when people make it or put on Twitter, there's right. a Hall of Fame tracker. Gathering. There's a tracker, right? Right. And right. they'll say, we've seen 100 ballots online, and here's what the numbers or the percentages are. Yep, so right. I know exactly what you're talking about. So at least uh, one writer has 23 of the ballots. How many ballots and, are there? Fifty? Oh, there's nah. There's like hundred and thirty. Okay, wow. Yeah. So it, it, this isn't a huge sample size, but on the twenty-three ballots, on twenty-two of them, Paolo Bancaro, the great rookie from Orlando, who's had a phenomenal season. Not phenomenal, a very good, great season for a rookie. Great season for a rookie. Anyway, he's the the vote. You know, the number one rookie on twenty-two of the twenty-three ballots. He was on my ballot. I had him. It wasn't even a thought. Like, he's the rookie of the year. Right. Period. We averaged 20 points a game. Um, let me know his, his numbers. Uh, 20, uh, Rob G, help me. Here it is. 20 points, 6.9 rebounds, 3.7 assists. He shot 42.7% from the floor. Obviously, Orlando wasn't that good. But, one, they're not that good of a team. They're very young. And, two, Rob, LeBron had a phenomenal rookie year. They didn't win. Right. Michael Jordan had a phenomenal rookie year. They didn't win. Yeah, nobody. I don't. I don't. Was somebody expecting him to win? Right. Uh, what a team you, supposed you, to win? Yeah. You don't. I don't hold it. I don't think most people hold it against rookies if their team doesn't win. And don't give me Magic Johnson and that Larry was a, Bird. That was they, Magic right. playing with the MVP, Kareem. Now Matt. Now right. And Larry Bird. That was unbelievable. He did he turn. Did. Bird turned the Celtics because the Celtics from, were bad. I think it was 29 wins, Rob, to 62 or 61, something like that. I'll check that out. But it, now he had Hall of Famers, but they were old. They were past their prime. There were a lot of Hall of Famers on those Boston teams, but, you know, they were they were pretty much done. But Bird did and, and, a remarkable, uh, you know, turnaround in Boston, uh, Rob, his rookie that, year. And that's why he was rookie of the year. 
Let, let me say this, okay? Ben, ben Carroll, is that it? How you say it? Yeah, ben Carroll? Ben Carroll. Right. Yeah, they okay. did go Rob quickly from 29 wins to 61 Yeah, wins. no, that was big. I remember that very, very because the Celtics were bad. But Ben right. Carroll uh, finished his rookie campaign, Chris, with 40 games of scoring at least 20 points, which matched the amount that LeBron James had during his first season with the Cavs. He also topped all rookies in points. Uh, 20-point games, 30-point games, games with at least 25 points, five rebounds, and five assists. What are we and, talking about? And games with at least 30 points, five points, and five assists. So all the numbers, Chris, and everything, they're all there. Well, not all the numbers, and that's the point of Uh-oh, this wait a minute. segment. <laughs> uh, are you trying to incorporate some analytics, Mr. I, Chris Broussard? I am. I this am. is what you, I keep telling you about the MVP vote. Well, no, nah, this is this is definitely evidence, uh, exhibit A of what you're talking about. Yes. Um, Andy Larson, who is the Utah Jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, and, and he's been around a while. He does a fine job. But he voted, Rob. The only person, at least on these 23 ballots, to vote for Utah Jazz big man Walker Kessler as the MVP. And this was what Larson So is this, ho- is this home cooking? I'm right sorry, here? rookie of the year, rookie of the year. Is this home cooking? I don't, I don't want to say it was home cooking. I'm just asking. Um, but here's what it was. It was analytic cooking. Here's what he says in a tweet. Basically, the advanced stats all favor Kessler. And I've always been an analytically oriented voter. I think I would have made this vote even if I covered another team. And here's some of the uh, he had to, analytic numbers. He had to throw numbers. that in there. Right, right. Here's some of the analytic numbers, Rob, that he uses. In uh, estimated plus minus, Walker Kessler's was plus 2.1. Van Carroll's was minus or 0.9. Minus 0.9. But plus minus, uh, if you lose, if you're on a bad team, you ain't going to have a good plus minus in most cases. You're losing. Plus minus is points you score on the court, points you score off the court. I get estimated. They try to, you know, account for different things. But if your team is losing, your plus minus generally is not going to be good. Uh, But anyway, um, here's a few other things. Kessler had a PER of 21.5. Boncaro's was 14.9. Kessler's win shares was 7.1. Boncaro's 2.4. Rob, Kessler only started 40 of the 74 games he played in. And let me throw a little, let me show y'all, because the analytics, look, we always say don't throw them out, but they're just a part of the equation. Not the entire thing, right. Here's some analytics, Rob. Real plus minus. Okay, that's similar to, we use estimated plus minus. Um, Jalen Brunson, who had a fantastic season for the Knicks, right? Uh, he was 18th in the league among point guards. Not overall, among point guards. 18. In real plus minus. Spencer Dinwiddie had a better real plus minus than Jalen Brunson. Tyler Hero, D'Angelo Russell. Don't tell Kyle Kuzma Derek that. White from Boston. Heck, Derek White had a better real plus minus than Steph Curry. My point is, who had the better season? Jalen Brunson or Spencer Dinwiddie? Win shares, too. Same thing. Win shares, Rob. Spencer Dinwiddie. Better than Jalen Brunson. 
I mean, heck, Spencer Dinwiddie's win shares was better than Steph Curry's. So was D'Angelo's Russell's. Trey Young's was better than Steph Curry's win shares. I mean, really? I'm, look, the Anna, Rob, I keep using this because it's such a blatant example of uh, what we're talking about when we talk about some of these analytical numbers. Back when Kawhi Leonard was in San Antonio as a, a and those are real plus minus wins. When I said win shares, real plus minus wins. Um, and Kawhi Leonard was at the heyday of his defensive prowess. And the analytics said the San Antonio Spurs were several points. I believe it was six or seven points. Better, right? Better defensively when he was on the bench. Come on, really? So, Rob, I'm sorry. Again, analytics is a part of it. But when the analytics tell you that Walker Kessler had a better season than Paolo Boncaro, I'm sorry, you got to go against the analytics. Well, but that that's always my thing is that there will be people who will say, oh, I'm analytics, I looked at the numbers, I don't care what the, what the other ones are saying, this is what I follow, and they want to be able, Chris, to justify their existence. Yeah, I mean, guys, it, I don't know how you would just put all your eggs in the analytics bucket. Right. You know, I mean, I get it using it. it Here's the other thing, Rob. Walker Kessler played 23 minutes a a game. Like Alex Caruso, and he is a very good defender. And he may very well be first or second team all defense. But I could not put him on my first team all defense because he only played like 23 minutes a night. Right. That's a different – and a lot of those minutes are against the second unit. It makes a big difference who you're playing against. And, again, you're not out there long enough to do any damage. You know right. what I mean? Like, it, it, Yeah, absolutely. So we just, you know, Rob and I have obviously banged the drum on analytics for a while in both basketball and baseball. Um, and this is just an example of uh, we think analytics gone awry. We talked about it before when the, the Dodgers went to Fenway Park and benched everybody. You remember yep. all the home runs? Oh, yeah, in the playoffs. Right. The playoffs. You you benched some of your best home run hitters because of analytics. you got to have the human element. It can't be just reading numbers off a stat sheet. I'm right. sorry. Anybody can do that. Right. I'm sorry. And, that, and that's the mistake that we've seen. Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, 
iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. (laughs) And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We welcome in the great Sonny Vaccaro. Sonny, how are you? Well, I'm I'm good. Uh, Talking to Chris, I... You and I have touched base a few times across the years. Uh, yes. So I'm looking forward to this. Rob, I know we probably touched base, but uh, I'm ready to go. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, awesome. We have a time what? limit, or we got extra two minutes? Yeah, unfortunately, we got about 10 minutes. We got 10 minutes, so, so let's we got get a it lot in. To cram Let's do it. In there. Did you we, ever? We I mean, we can do a whole lifetime in 10 minutes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the movie, I, I went to see it last weekend with my wife. I thought it was terrific. Um, I, I, what was it like for you to watch this movie and to be played by Matt Damon? He's not as handsome as you, but they got, they did the best they could with Matt Damon. 
Well, let me say this. When we were all children at one time, okay, we all looked at that movie screen up there, and we pretended we were that person up there, whether it was some girl we fell in love with because of her look, or some guy was a, <laughs> a hunk of a guy, or he, he won the, the shooting contest, whatever it was. We had images of the screen that surpassed our lifetime. I mean, we, we grew older. So watching yes. the movie once it's done, I, I was a lot of the re- rehearsals and all this stuff. I sort of knew it was coming. But until the day I saw it for the first time before it was screened, I lived in a, a fantasy world because obviously the cast is one of the greatest casts ever put together. It really is. A ni- yeah, a nine, you know, guys, this only had nine or ten people in the whole movie. I mean, they, they controlled uh, an hour, you know, 60 minutes, I think, by speakers, by, you know, intuitively saying things that came to their mind when they were speaking. So, Chris. I, I'm overwhelmed, and it'll it'll uh, live in my mind forever. And the, the the value of a movie it does live forever, Chris. And yep. I'm very pleased with what it, what it turned out to be. The message given uh, was a little bit of Hollywood. It was, a, it was a movie, not a documentary. But I can say here with good faith and say it was very very accurate as to what the purpose was in this movie. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be my question. You know that uh, Hollywood takes a license to a lot of things and they embellish it to make it, you know, more dramatic and whatnot because it just can't be mundane and you just give the facts, as you said, not a documentary. So uh, it wasn't that uh, wildly uh, worked over to make it more dramatic than it really was. Yeah, a a couple of scenes, uh, I mean, just to go right to a point here that a lot of the guys asked me is – I love to speak, uh, Chris, and I, uh, Robert, I, I apologize to you, but I've known Chris a long time. Right, it's all good, it's all good. Okay, okay. but, um, and I, I love to speak. When Pam and I walked away from the world in, you know, in 2007 and said we we're going to create, you know, do the rest of our life fighting for the, for the kids and all that, I'd go to universities, I made these speeches. Every camp I ever did, every All-Star game, I always had to speak for the kids. But I got to tell you, you know, Matt Damon and the, the writer Alex Convoy, they, they, I said some of the things they said there, but but I just want to be honest to God here, guys. I couldn't have done the State of the Union like like Matt did for me at the end of that movie. <laughs> right, he, right, he, right. He made me he made Sonny look good, and I appreciate that. So that that's what I'm saying. But the, but the intent of all the things, and and I don't know where Rob, you guys are going to take me with this, but it was there. And, and most of the scenes they happened, maybe not in the location they were presented to do. But the characters were displayed and you know and put on the carpet by by saying meaningful things and you know the Jordan family obviously my relationship with the Jordan family became much greater after the signing and I you know I went through the death of James I I stayed friends with Dolores and the, the rest of the family for years until today I mean we're, we're still friendly although I don't go around the Nike crowd anymore so go ahead ask me another question that's well, I just wanted to say that. Sonny, in the movie, they said, and I remember Jordan wearing Converse at North Carolina, and they said he was huge Adidas guy. As soon as he was off the court, he's putting on Adidas. What at the end of the day, what was it that got him to Nike? Was it just that you guys paid him more? Because I don't, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. When he entered the league, he was wearing regular Nikes. At first, right? Like, when did the Jordan yeah. 1, was that midway through his rookie year or his second year? When did that come out? It really was. At the end of the second year, the prototype that Peter Moore put together was starting to work on him. 
Uh, and then, obviously, the second year is when we sold 130. I mean, the first year went off the wall on that. But the second year, when you were able to put Air Jordan in there, or just Air, when you were able to put the brilliance of the kid, remember, fellas, he missed 50-some games his rookie year. Yes. I mean, you know, yeah. so he then he came back and did yeah. 63 after somebody, you know, out of Boston, I think it might have been. Yep. But Michael, Michael was sold because what we said, what I said in that first scene, uh, you know, uh, Tony Ramos with him, basically was giving me, you know, I was given the power to do that by Phil Knight, at the bottom line, no question, by Rob Strasser at a meeting when I picked the kid as opposed to the other guys wanted to take two or three people. So I was the one with the inside connection. And just so your audience knows, you know, uh, you know, I saw what the 82 game, which set my whole mind in both guys. And, and you know that the 82 games when they beat Georgetown. Well, again, the world knows John Thompson was one of my best friends in 1982. Patrick Ewing and three other players on Georgetown played in my Dapper Down Round Ball Classic. And, they, and, and uh, at that time, John and three, Tunes Albano and Rory Masterino went against the NCAA Championships. So when the kid made the shot, Chris, I I didn't give a damn about Michael Jordan. I didn't care about Dean Smith. I didn't care about you know Converse shoes on Dean Smith teams. I really didn't, and I didn't really think about Dean or uh, Michael Jordan until I met Antonio Ramos. But what I remembered mm-hmm. was in that scene where where Matt shows that the film of that shot. That yep. psychologically, and I've been told by experts, what would drifted into my mind. I never, I, I, I like I said, I didn't care about Michael until I met him. So, but to go to your question, when we got it rolling, when you saw the last scene where uh, you know Dolores comes in and James comes in and, and Chris comes in and David Falk comes in, and we're all there, for, and, and they didn't show that in the last dance, Chris. I just want to point out your thing. They sort of eliminated me in the last dance, you know, thing. Right. You probably may not know what I'm asking about, but I was there, obviously, and I was the only person. There were five particular meetings with Jordan. The first one, Strasser. The second one, when I met Michael. The third one, we met uh, 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 David Falk. The fourth one, when we had a major, major meeting at the at the uh, the Olympic Games were in '84. You know, at at in uh, Los Angeles, we had a major meeting with Phil Knight and somebody that I'm not going to discuss right now, who really, really helped me put this over. And the fifth one. So I was the only guy there. But I can tell you this: when this is Jordan, when Viola makes that statement. He basically made the same statement. Other, other, the last statement you're all going to remember for the rest of your lives yep. is when Peter puts the shoe in front of her, and she said, "It's just a shoe until my son puts in it." That was Hollywood, you know, Right? Know okay, there you started. go. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah, that's a yeah. great line right there. No, it is. It, it, it's one of the best lines, and it's one of those all times like you know. You right know, of all the gin, of all the gin joints and all the towns and all the right. in the world, you got to come into mind, like you know, Casablanca. Right? There's there's always a line, guys, in some movie that you don't forget, right? No. And so, so I hope I didn't, you know, drift too far. No, no, guys. no, 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 no. That that's good. And the, the other thing I was going to say now, help me real quick. Uh, was was did Magic turn down a deal with Nike and a piece of the company and? I mean, yeah, that was a story. There were a couple other athletes. That was in that movie Winning Time. Or right? The show Ma- Winning did Time Magic turn down $10 million or something? or, or pizza? Let, let, me, let me say this to a learned audience, because the people listening to you tonight are learned. First of all, the thing on the, the Lakers was one of the most successful things ever. The only problem with that, it was half fact and half fiction. Okay. Now, let's just give me a thing, because I love Magic Johnson, and I'm sure he and his imaginations. But, gentlemen, people <laughs> listening to this program, in 1979, 
Nike, we didn't have, we weren't signing pro guys. We had a couple guys, but they were, you know, getting thirty-five, fifty thousand dollars. No one marketed anybody in nineteen. Magic, you know, right. uh, Larry, you know, Dr. J. I mean, all these guys. Nineteen seventy-nine, we wouldn't have had enough money, and I don't think they sold Nike stock until eighty-one. So I think that was something that you go along in life and you think might have happened. Okay, I'm not. I, you know, I'm sure Magic believed that. I'm sure because I knew Magic Johnson. He had just come out of school. He went to his freshman year. They win the national championship. Nobody gave a damn. And we all know, and your audience knows, in 1979, they were the NBA Finals were on tape delay. Right, right, right. Yep, yep. So I would say they didn't have the money to offer it. Maybe Mike or uh, Magic and his people might have thought that, but they wouldn't even have thought about it. Michael Jordan didn't even hear about him. Until 1984, I mean, and he was honest about it that day he met me. I never, never wore a Nike shoe. That was 84. So I'm saying it could have happened, but I doubt very much that it did happen. What, what do you? Why do you think no other player? I mean, LeBron. A lot of guys now have signature shoes, but no one, not even close, has been able to come even a fraction of yep. what the Jordans have become. Is it just because he was so good, or what do you think it was? Because Matt. Everybody has to stop and breathe on this one. And I'm going to try to explain it to make sense to your audience. Only because Jordan wasn't like the greatest player in the world, because I, I don't believe that you can do that. You do it in, in, in decades, you know, whatever period, the goat, that goat thing. But what Jordan did, because of what he was able to do playing, he created a, a symbol, that air, that jump man, that shoe, of what he was able to do into a whole new world, Chris, that you weren't saying. Nobody, not you weren't born yet, but there was nothing about marketing an athlete in 1984. Right. When we start, when Nike started putting Spike Lee and Memorial, you know, these, these ads were great. That added to the mystique of everything. And then when, when we got to the point where we dared David Stern to stop him, he became a symbol. But the most important one ever done, what I'm told, is when he stood behind the gate or the, the fencer and bounced the ball and said, you know, they won't let, the NBA won't let me wear the shoe, but you can. Then Spike Lee, he got to get him. But basically what Michael Jordan did for your audience and Sonny Vitale, he broke a barrier that there was no human being. If there would have been another reincarnation of Michael and all those kids, Kobe, Tracy, LeBron, all those guys, you know, Grand Hill, they all had like shoes. Walt hasn't yep. even had a shoe. Chris in the 70s. Yep. But it never made. But what made it was Air, Air Jordan. That will live forever. And what made it, Chris, he broke the barrier of blacks and whites and minorities earning money. And he did a better thing than just blocking a barrier and the guy can be the fifth man on the team instead of two or three. He broke the barrier that the player could be a part of the organization. That's what Air Jordan did. That's why Michael Jordan can never be duplicated. That's why he'll live forever. Michael will be gone someday, as we all will. In, in, in 10 generations down the line, there'll be kids buying yeah, Air Jordan. That's right. All right. Sonny Vaccaro. Sonny, great Thank stuff, you, man. Thank you, Sonny. We thank you for the insight. And again, everybody, go out there, check out the movie Air. It's fantastic. And Sonny, congratulations, man. That that is awesome to be, yes. you know, immortalized, immortalized forever. Yeah, forever. In a movie like this. And we know you put in a ton of work. 
whether it was shoes or basketball tournaments, you know, with, so, with the high school players. I mean, you've, you've done great things for this game. And you deserve it, man. So congratulations. That's right, Sonny. It's like you're can in the I Wizard of Oz. Real quick? Can I say one thing? One of these days we're going to overturn the NCAA complete with name, image, and language. Someday when that's all cleared out and the playoffs are over, let's maybe talk again. All right, let's do <laughs> Definitely, it. Definitely, man. All right, Sonny. Thank you. All right. God bless. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 